Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. I've just seen, I've just seen stars. That's not good. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, welcome back to the Outdoor Drive Podcast. Thanks for joining us here on another week's episode of Feed Your Eye. I'm your boy, East Coast Trev, and... This is just Steve. Again. Just Steve. Steve. It's all right. It's all right, Miraculous Steve. (laughs) Call it one. But do you think about it? This is our first actual podcast since the start of the New Year's. You know, we pre-recorded some stuff before I went to Arizona. This is the first time we've really sat down and done a show since I got back. It feels oh, like it's is, been forever. This is very true. Hmm. Weird. I like it. <laughs> I like I like the feeling of 2021. Not me, dude. We're kind of at that point. It's like I got my uh, seven-day free trial into the year. And I'm already over it and ready to turn it back in. For what? I mean, it's just shaping up to be just as much of a shit show as last year. Oh, yeah. If y'all think that 2020 was bad, wait until you sit and take a ride with uh, 2021. Yeah. It's just going to say that. Yeah. It, it's just stupid shit off the wall, bottom to top, left to right. It's just starting there. You know, yeah. it's. Yeah, not the way I, I cared to kick off the, the world's 2021, but you know what? I don't give a fuck because 2021 is going to be banging as far as the show goes. We got some That's right. big shit planned. That's why I, I didn't really care about the rest. I was oh, saying yeah. like in general, like you thought 2020 was crazy with us. Wait until you sit down and take the drive on 2021 because shit's going to get out of control. We already started and kicked off uh, the new series. If you guys haven't gone and seen it, um, Behind the Product, um, which is a little sub-series only for the YouTube page. So if you guys yeah. haven't checked it out, get on over there and check that out. I'm glad you remembered the title because I made the damn thing and I didn't remember it. <laughs> I'm just glad that you made a title for it because I didn't know really what to call it. So Dude, I racked my brain for a while, and after I'd made the show and done everything, I was like, oh, I'm going to just go with that. <laughs> I, I'm liking it. I'm digging it. I think it's good. So if you guys haven't checked that out, make sure to get onto our the Outdoor Drive podcast YouTube page. Um, I guess there's like probably like a little sub series. Knowing um, Steven, he's probably put it in its own little category, but it's behind the uh, the product. It, it's under the uh, the products. Uh, what's the word? I can't even page? think of it. Tab. Yeah. Tab. There we'll we go. The tab. Product I, overview tab. So if you guys haven't gone there, go and check that out. Um, if you guys are there, please just hit the subscribe button and just help us out a little bit. We we can definitely use more subscribers. Um, that would be greatly appreciated. And uh, if you guys haven't already, give us a five-star review on iTunes uh, and share the podcast around to all your friends. I know there's been a lot of that. Um, and going and starting off 2021, um, we got an honoree uh, reward from – uh, podcastsuggestions.com, um, their first annual uh, thing, and we made the cut. So it must be kind of important. The four listeners that we do have probably enjoy it. So we can't thank you guys enough for everything you guys do. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be doing this. Well, actually, we probably would, but just nobody would listen to us, I guess. Yeah, it would be, it would be a little different. But 
you know, yeah. we keep doing it either way because we do it because we enjoy it. Not. Because I mean, your mom listens, my mom listens, our wives listens. There's our four listeners. Everybody else, it doesn't really matter from there. I guess. I, I don't even think our wives listen at this point. I think they're <laughs> no. sick of us. <laughs> oh, that's true. They listen to us enough, so why would they listen to the podcast? Exactly. Why get? <laughs> no. So, so what's new for you in 2021? What is what is kind of kicked off your 2021? So far, 2021 has been a very slow start. Uh, got out one more time before the season ended. And it was kind of the same standard shit. Uh, not a lot going on. And sorry, I'm clicking away on dumb shit while we talk. Uh, got back home after Arizona. Uh, just kind of moseyed on through things work was of course chaos after everyone being off after the the holidays so that's been a drag but you know what i'm happy job security stupid people ensure that i am employed that's the best it's like being a cop put it kind of is only luckily i don't have that bad a situation oh yeah well it's not really i mean like like criminals keep them employed just like dumbasses keep you employed so yes yes and then uh, really, it's just been kind of rolling, getting the bow set back up for target season and kind of prepping and planning everything we're going to do this year. We got everything kind of lined up where we need for some huge opportunities for uh, this year's deer seasons coming up, possibly elk season out west. Just see how everything plans out. I don't want to put too many details out there. Yeah, now, easy, but, uh, easy. I'm ready to book fights. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I'll put it this way. We are in great shape for some upcoming firsts for both Trev and myself. And I think it's going to be a stellar 2021 as far as the hunting season goes. I'm just trying to figure out if there's enough days in all the seasons, if I can try and cram in everything I'm trying to do. So and every time I turn around, there's always one one extra thing that gets added to the list. Like I feel you. Y'all might not see me from like May first till like August thirty first. Like I'm just gonna work every single day. Yeah. So I can do what I gotta do for the off season. Yeah. I yeah you're definitely to gonna you're gonna have to grind from the end of turkey season on just to uh oh. make sure I might have to get a job at like a fucking gas station here for the next couple of weeks just so I can make some extra money just to add it to the so I can add it to the to the bankroll. Do some two shifting. Fuck, man. Yeah. Hey, it's all Not right. Not that though. I want to, but shed season. You know what? I'm gonna sell sheds. You know what? That's what I'm gonna do. I guess. Hey, <laughs> you've already kicked off shed season, so you've got to go have some fun. And yeah, uh, yeah, we started with moose shed hunting up north. We yeah. went on our first snow moose shed hunt uh caddy cowboy and captain mike when myself got to go up there we stayed up there for a long weekend um we were supposed to go up on the snowmobiles and then the snow kind of fucking dissipated so we didn't go up on those and we ended up going up on snowshoes and what we're supposed to go on snowshoes (laughs) i was gonna say wait a minute (laughs) we realized that there was not enough snow for snowshoes and we just trudged through like six inches of snow um, I was Captain gonna say, based on that video, I think it was more ballerina shoes. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. There, there was some twinkle park, toe stuff going on in that. 
snow parkour. Yeah, I, I like is. that. I like that. That's a that's a very good way to describe that. You know, tuck and roll. More more or less. Um, Captain Mike ended up finding an old one. Uh, the moose were just kind of like spread out, and a lot of moose were still holding. So things were kind of tough uh, trying to find horns, but. Hopefully we'll get be, get a chance to go back up before um, the springtime comes, but it looks like we got a trip planned here in May to go back and do that. But And then I came home, and me and Ruby, which is my red lab that I've been training for shed hunting, got out and did a little bit of shed hunting, and uh, she found her first deadhead. It was kind of like a, I found it, and she came in with the assist, I guess, but it was <laughs> it's part of the training. It's Yeah, um, it's a training moment, man. It was cool. I seen it and I kind of, you know, just sat there and waited for her to find it. Um, we never really messed around with deadheads. So, like, she, yeah, like, it, went it's over a to a different and, like, scent on than it. bones versus yeah. meat and skin. Well, Spice. so, like, the, oops, sorry. No, you're good. Oh, it kind of, like, lagged out for a second. Um, She had gone over. So, there was, like, on one of the abutting properties there had been um where they had like stacked some of their like kills like yeah. hides and bones and shit and she kept running over there and i kept calling her off it calling her off it calling her off it i'm like stop playing with that shit like dragging it around <laughs> like, leave it alone so i call her back so i think that and not even like 10 minutes later she had found we had found the dead head and uh i think she kind of like was kind of nervous because it was this kind of same scent and I kept calling her back off it because I didn't yeah. want to mess with it. So um, yeah, that, that's it's, a shitty situation, but it's tough. It's yeah, definitely tough. You could have never planned for that. No. And the thing too, is that she's at that young age where like, she's looking for my guidance as me being the pack leader. So she doesn't really leave me all that long or she kind of stays kind of tight to me um, when we're in the woods. And sometimes like I throw a bone. And so she kind of gets like, what's going on. Um, so it's just kind of, it's going to just snap one day. It's just going to, it's on, you know, yeah, but click. it's, it's been fun. It's, I don't really care. I mean, even if she doesn't take to it or whatever, which I know that she will, but even if she didn't just having the pup in the woods with me, it's so much more fun walking around the woods with the dog. I, oh, even yeah. though she doesn't do shit, it's still fun to walk around with her. And I'm she's what's going to end up happening. I think honestly, like this is my prediction on it. She's just going to come out of the woods one day, just holding a fucking giant shed. And I'm just going to be like, I'm just going to drop to my knees and start crying. I think it's all yeah. just going to play out. But No, I feel that, dude. I'll tell you one thing after coming home from Arizona, like right now, I wish nothing more than I things that have worked out in a way that I was home, you know, two months from now. And I could go make the hike up Sierra Montosa back home because on top there is a bowl. And I've never gone up there and came out with less than 13 horns. That's fucking nuts. And I mean, elk, mule deer, doesn't matter. You may even find some antelope sheds. I mean, it's just the ultimate perfect place to find bone in Arizona. And driving up there past that mountain, I'm going, God, I wish I could get up there during shed season. (laughs) Uh, Because they have an actual season. No, no, it's just... No, you don't. Arizona doesn't. I know, like, Montana and stuff have an actual season when you can and can't shed. No, no. Arizona, okay. it's just go and uh, go any time of the year you find them. It's fair game type wow. thing. There's no claim. There's no nothing. Uh, the only thing you got to look out for is, you know, if it's a, a dead head and it's what game and fish would consider 
new or recently deceased. I think it was like 60% flesh. The only reason I know that is the sheriff that pulled us over spotlighting and explained this to us. Anyway, another story. <laughs> um, then you want to call them and report it so they can come out and see if they can investigate if it was poached or not, et cetera. But sure. for the most part, dude, you find bone out there, it's fair game. And I've found more bone up on that mountaintop than anywhere else. So anyone in Arizona, I dare you in two months to go have a wild race up that six mile trail to the top at 13,000 feet and go find all those bones because that's where they're at. That's crazy because there's some states like I know, like we were talking about it, Alberta, Canada, some of the Saskatchewan, wherever in Canada, if you find a moose deadhead, because like that's like one of my things I want more than anything in the world is is a moose deadhead, like a full out paddled moose fucking deadhead. And in some some states, you literally can't take it. It just has to sit there. You can't call DNR. You can't do nothing. It has to literally sit there. I would lose my mind if I had to just walk away from like a 50 inch paddle fucking deadhead it would drive me nuts but I I would get creative (laughs) cut them off I I don't know I would off take them home reattach them I would I don't know I would go in half I there's no way I could do that I get it there's a point in time that it's like okay here's the law it's a deadhead but am I really gonna walk away from a a 50 or 60 inch wide moose dead. I'm gonna say a 20 inch wide moose deadhead. I don't care if it's uh, got just flippers. It's I tough. mean that's that doesn't happen often. So I would no. get creative. Yeah. I you gotta follow the rules though, you know. Speaking yeah. of not many people have been. Uh we'll just sorry. It's a little hmm. dig. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Well somebody else got in trouble again. But we'll leave that alone. <laughs> it happens. No. Yeah. Agreed. We'll leave that one alone. Well, um, well, speaking of laws and some of the uh, changes and things coming up. Should we uh, tune them in? Drop them in. Let, let, go ahead and turn that thing up. All right. Let's do that. Hey, everyone. Mike here with some news for your crews. Uh, we're going to start this one off in South Dakota. Uh, who is following suit on Grey Wolf management now that the Grey Wolf has been delisted. Uh, and South Dakota Game Fishing Parks will allow sportsmen and women, trappers, landowners, and livestock producers the ability to harvest Grey Wolves across the state. Uh, South Dakota Game Fishing Parks uh, is not supporting uh, Grey Wolf expansion in the state. Uh, those interested will need to have either a predator varmint license, fur bearer license, or any resident or non-resident hunting license. Uh, trappers must have a fur bearer license. Uh, landowners who take a wolf on their own land and any youth hunters under the age of 16 do not need to have a license. Uh, and game fishing parks would like anyone who harvests a wolf to contact a wildlife conservation officer within 24 hours of the harvest so DNA and other data can be collected. Uh, Now on to West Virginia where hunters will soon be able to, and actually right now are able to enter a lottery to hunt wild boars on designated private lands owned by West Virginia Natural Resource Partners. Only 200 permits will be issued and the lottery is limited to West Virginia residents. 
the hunt will take place on 8,000 acres of private land in Logan County during the wild boar firearm season from February 5th to 7th of 2021. Residents will be able to, are able to submit an application for a permit for the cost of $10 through wvhunt.com. Uh, and that application period does uh, end on January 14th. So get those in if you'd like one of those 200 permits. So now off to Vermont, where the state game wardens and fishing game educational program staff will be doing educational patrols on the ice this winter. Uh, these are aimed at those new to ice fishing, those looking for tips, learning about fish, and those just simply wanting to meet and talk to the wardens. The educational patrols will last on average from one to two hours uh, and no registration will be required to take part in this. Participants should bring their own fishing equipment and set up on the ice to fish. Uh, to find upcoming patrols near you, uh, you can visit vtfishandwildlife.com. And personally, I think this is amazing. Uh, I remember when I was a kid and stories from my dad uh, about the game wardens being the sportsman's best friends, always there to help you and just be out there in our best interest. So I really think it's great that, you know, the state is trying to bring that relationship back to where it was. Um, so hopefully we'll get some feedback on that. So now off to Virginia, and this one's for you, Stephen, uh, where House Bill 1799 was introduced to allow Sunday hunting on public lands. Uh, the bill would remove the current prohibition against hunting or killing on public lands a wild bird or wild animal, including a nuisance species with a gun, firearm, or other weapon on Sundays. Uh, so contact your legislators if you want the bill uh, to pass. Hunters need to make their voices heard. Our opposition sure does their part. Uh, so get on that and see if we can get that passed in Virginia. <clears throat> so how about a couple more records? Uh, this time, it's a 57-pound, 50-inch long flathead catfish pulled from the Susquehanna River on December 27th, which has been certified as the first-ever state record for the invasive species by the Maryland Department of Natural Resources. Uh, the fish also tops the current PA record uh, of 56 pounds, 3 ounces, which was caught on in May of 2020. Uh, the fish was caught by Joshua Dixon. Uh, from shore using just a medium weight spinning rod. So congrats on that monster fish. And then off to Rhode Island, <clears throat> where a North Kingstown man has caught a new state record rainbow trout. Uh, the fisherman only identified as Joe. If anyone knows Joe's last name, let me know. Uh, caught, on, caught a 12 pound, 9.12 ounce, 29 and three quarter inch monster from Barber Pond, and that record beats the 11-pound record uh, that has stood since 1991. So congrats on a beast of a trout. So uh, it's getting to be that time of year and just kind of a PSA for everyone. If you have any news to send me, one good thing to be looking on the lookout for right now, as a lot of legislatures are getting into action, you're going to start seeing proposed bills either in sportsmen's favor or against some of the things that, that we want. Um, if you have any of those, feel free to send them along. Uh, and if anyone's interested in learning how to 
um, reach out to your legislators <clears throat> or provide testimony and get active on any of those proposed bills, please let me know. Uh, as always, you can reach out to me on Facebook at Mike Salter or on Instagram at bearded underscore bow 121. And with that, enjoy the rest of your ride. Some badass shit coming down the pipe for you, Virginia Inns. Dude, Mike, you're my hero. When you kicked that over, you answered like prayers, literally. Because that was one of my big goals is to start pushing for that and to see that the Deer Alliance is already pushing it and supporting it makes it so much easier for us to all follow in and open it up. Because for a lot of people, there's a misconception if you haven't hunted public here that you can. Well, you can't. You can hunt private on Sunday, but not public. Right. So that bill is going to let us hunt on Sunday is on public as long as you're not near a church <laughs> that law <Yeah>. stands <laughs> right 100 yards actually I think they extended it to two whoa <laughs> for this but yeah uh so I'm stoked I'm jacked about that that could be huge for our season yeah especially when fucking I come down there from Connecticut so we can actually hunt on Sundays right now I mean have to be stuck on private I mean ultimately at least Sunday we went out and found freaking mushrooms that's true. Yeah, you know, we got true. some monster morels and had a hell of a feast. But at the same time, I would rather kill a turkey and then find morels in the afternoon. That's very true. Very so. true. Well, man, you know, we probably um, should do that thing that we always do. Give, give some of these. Yeah, give a pat on the back. Some thank yous and welcomes. And I can't believe you haven't left us yet. It is 2021. We're due for renewal of sponsorship. So let's see how, how many we <laughs> made it through <laughs> to the <Right>. new year. <laughs> yeah, man, fire them off. <laughs> All right. First off, uh, we'll start with uh, Timber Tumblers, as always. Timber Tumblers. These guys, they make custom tumblers. Um, and now soon, speaking of, maybe soon, possibly, just going to throw it out there, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, punch, punch. Um, we have some stickers that are coming from Timber Tumblers. So if you guys haven't checked them out, TimberTumblers.com. Uh, go and check them out. Get your custom tumblers. And, uh, yeah, fucking get those things. And they don't have to be outdoor drive ones. You can get outdoor drive ones if you want, though. Put your name on them, whatever you want to do. Support us. We'd appreciate it. Um, Nor'easter Game Calls, Nor'easterGameCalls.com. Get them in close. All your custom game call needs. Uh, WildEdgeInc.com. That's Wild Edge Inc., uh, the leader of mobile hunting. Uh, get all your saddle um, step ladder needs over there. Wicked Twisted, Wicked Twisted Bowstrings. That's a tongue twister. Wicked Twisted Bowstrings.com. It's not Wicked and Twisted, it's Wicked Twisted Bowstrings. Uh, get Jillified. Use promo code Outdoor Drive 10 on that one. Save yourself 10% on custom bowstrings. Uh, that you can design online. Broadside Camo, broadsidecamo.com. They are the photorealism um, aerial hunter apparel. Uh, use the promo code Outdoor Drive for that one. Uh, if you spend a certain amount, then you can get a certain amount free. If that makes sense, just try it. It'll work. <laughs> I promise you. Out on the limb, out on the limb, mfg.com. They are the 
custom manufacturing place for everything hunting related as far as camera arms. Um, they also do make saddle uh, platforms. They also make tree stands, um, a little bit of everything and anything. If you can think about it, Matt Garris will make it for you. So go and check them out, out on the limb, mfg.com. And um, that's it. Those are the ones who love us the most. Did I forget one? Running through my, I feel like we did, but. I just, I can't think of it. No, we got, what did we get? Timber Tumblers, Nor'easter Game Calls, Wild Edge, Wicked Twisted, and Broadside Camo. That's all of them. And if you want to shout out, we'll shout out Zeus just because they're the shit. <laughs> ZeusBroadheads.com, New Era. No, it's not ZeusBroadheads.com. It's New Era New Archery. NewEraArchery.com. Which, for all of you that um, didn't have the chance to get Zeus's when they did go out halfway through the season, they are back in stock again. You guys can go over there and get those for the upcoming season practice with them. Um, all those guys that wanted them and couldn't get them, now you can. If not, the, the Aries is also over there. But the Zeus is also back in stock. So Nice. Sweet. Shit. New things to come awesome. from them as well, so keep your eye out. You might hear that here on Behind the Product. Just saying, it's coming. <laughs> we got some cool shit. Uh, what? Oh, speaking of new shit, real quick, real easy. I bet you like nobody's listening to this part yet, but or anymore. They probably skipped ahead, but um, Captain Seth's uh, recipe book is going to also be on our YouTube page here shortly in the yep. next couple of weeks. So watch out for that. We it's a little uh, wild cooking in the uh, kitchen. I can't even talk. Like I'm like in like bad sentences <laughs> right now. I'm That's out of right. it. Um, no, basically, the easiest way to put it is that your everyday guy or woman in the kitchen with everyday recipes, nothing fancy, nothing crazy, just full of flavor. Yeah, everything that you can find in your kitchen uh, on the on the regular. Uh, he cooks with and some of the shit is actually phenomenal um it's both some of it <laughs> wild game and wild fish so he's got a good mix of everything coming down the pipe here um we're gonna start off with uh what the what was the first one it's a that venison a dish. venison neck roast that's what it is so y'all that don't save the neck roast now nah, you probably should once you check out this recipe yeah, if you don't save the neck roast, I'm telling you right now, I almost want to disown you, almost, but not quite, because that is probably some of the best roast on a deer. And if you're skipping that, you are missing out. One of the things that I actually do with it is I make a, like a pulled venison with yeah. it, like a pulled yep. venison, so I take it and put it in the crock pot. But I'm not going to ruin none of that shit. The roast thing that Seth made is out of this world. There are some uh, fish recipes coming down the pipe, too, for you guys. Um, so keep in touch with that and go and subscribe on our YouTube page if you haven't already. Definitely. Well, uh, I think we ought to switch the channel up here, get in another lane and, uh, yeah, let's look into some something a little different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what do you like to do when it's nice and cold and snowy out and you got time to run every 24 hours to check something and I'm not talking trail cameras. Nope. And we're not talking about the things you do in your bedroom with chains and whips. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> we're talking trapping today, guys. So trapping. let's go ahead handcuffs and handcuffs on wild animals. <laughs> Fair enough. Douche. 
<laughs> Let's load this thing up and get it rolling. What do you say? Let's do it. Let's do it. on the phone with peter how are you man i'm good man how are y'all doing doing well man thanks for joining us tonight yeah thanks for thanks for having me on i appreciate it absolutely i know you were busy out trapping today and things are kind of crazy this time of year so yep yep all good thanks for taking the time to do this with us but why don't we turn the key man and get this thing in overdrive why don't you tell everyone who you are where you're from man and, and what you do cool so um my name is Peter Dalton. I'm in uh, Loudoun County. It's uh, Northern Virginia. And um, yeah, I love uh, hunting, fishing, and then trapping is pretty much one of my main passions. So, um, you know, aside from my main gig, you know, I trap for folks, run a nuisance wildlife control business and just do that on the side. And, you know, I have a lot of fun with it. That's awesome. And you don't do it in an easy part of the state, kind of like we discussed before the show. Loudoun County is not the most, uh, outdoor enthusiast supportive communities in virginia that's correct what's it like running this kind of business in that part of the state um you know it's it's all about how you market it man um so when i was first starting out um dude i just got on facebook because i have chickens myself and i was on these you know chicken pages and up here like people treat chickens like they're children and so a fox would come in and eat eight of them and they'd be like, can anybody help out? And, um, you know, I just started throwing my name out there and I mean, it just started snowballing. So, you know, a lot of it, you know, market it to different people, you know, horse people are worried about disease. So I'll, you know, I'll push, you know, that topic and, you know, there's some sheep farmers, you know, they got the coyote issues. So you kind of just find their pain point and then go after it. And that opens up, you know, <laughs> more sounds like you've done some Sandler training. so so what made you get into it like what what did you start trapping at a young age or no so this is this is only my third year trapping my second year canine trapping um i was i got into predator hunting just from watching like youtube videos and the fox pro channel and stuff and i was i was doing that and um a neighbor a neighbor bought the farm um like he didn't die he literally bought the farm next to me and he was like (laughs) we were talking about it cause we went out Fox, you know, Fox hunting one night and he was like, um, yeah, we used to trap them back in my day. And I was like, what do you mean you used to trap them like that? You know? And so he, you know, he was telling me, so I bought a dozen Duke dog proofs, man, and went out to, you know, one of my buddy's spots and I just set them along a Creek with just some cat food. I didn't know what I was doing, you know? And, um, man, I got to the last trap of the day and there was a coon sitting there waiting for me. And ever since then, it's just been, I, I got the bug, man. And I've just been trapping ever since. And I, I love it. I, now I love it more than hunting or fishing. Um, so that's how I got into it. You know, I mean, I'm, 
34 and you know I started when I was 31 so you know definitely didn't grow up doing it just kind of stumbled into it and I blame my neighbor to this day for the addiction <laughs> so now do you do now you have a full-time nuisance that's what you do no I'm actually in uh I'm actually in sales uh just you know business development uh for a for a technology company um so you know I, I do this on the side um so some of them, they kind of have a general idea what I do, but I really keep it on the DL because they're, uh, yep. they, they love PETA. Um, so it's all, it's all good. But yeah, I've been, um, you know, I've been doing it. I just started my LLC actually like four weeks ago. I was just doing it cash under the table, but it just started snowballing, man. And finally I was like, man, if I can write off, you know, truck and traps and ammo and everything, I might as well take advantage of it. So, you know, I've been doing that and really opened up a lot more doors as far as trapping, you know, for, for other people. Once you're licensed and insured, it, it opens up a lot more doors, you know, and it's not that hard to, to get there. So. so now you said that you've been trapping for three years, but canine trapping for two, is there like restrictions in your state that you have to do one thing over another or? No, I just didn't know what I was getting into and coons are easy to trap as you know. So I was like, you know, I'll just try the raccoons and, you know, basically cut my teeth and see how I do. And so then I, you know, I did that and then, you know, moved to just foxes and coyotes and, um, you know, just kind of, it just started snowballing. And, you know, this year I, I dabbled in water trapping a little bit and, um, you know, it's just been kind of growing from there. Cause I know like, so here in Connecticut, like you have to trap for a full year, you have to have your regular trapping license for a full year before then you can go to take a land trapping per class to get your okay. land trapping permit so that's why i asked so we have yeah, to actually so. trap for a year before we can then get our land trapping because of kind of those reasons where you know those things that you run into when you're land trapping um there's a lot of animals that end up in the in traps that don't need to be in traps and that's yep. i mean that's that's part for the course but um they want you to kind of have the know-how to trap before you get into it yeah um you know I'm honestly glad Virginia is a little bit more lax on that because there was nobody around me that like knew how to trap really. So like my neighbor, um, you know, he showed me how to set a trap like down, you know, like in, in my basement basically. And he showed me how to skin a fox out. Other than that, like it was a hundred percent YouTube man. And just, you know, trial and error, getting dug up, figuring it out, you know, um, you know, I, I say a lot of it is common sense, just being careful, you know, where you're putting it, especially mm -hmm. you know, trapping private land and stuff, just try not to be too close to the property boundaries and stuff like that. But, you know, it was, um, yeah, luckily we don't have anything like that here. You just get your license and go for it. So that was kind of a blessing. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy though. Like when you're, when you are land trapping, because normally when you're water trapping like everything's underwater so you don't have to worry about it like anything right. that goes in the trap is supposed to be inside the trap right. whether i mean sometimes you catch a fish or two but it is what it is i mean yeah. that's par for the course also but um you know and then when you get on land i mean there's so many things like we can't run snares you can run snares right so yeah we can run snares um and i actually had the conversation with my buddy up in pa um i, I run cables just because I'm trapping such small parcels, man. I mean, I'm talking 120 acres, 200 acres. And there's just like people ride their horses. They have their dogs off leash. You know, you know, dogs get lost around here all the time. 
I'm just worried, man. It, like, it doesn't matter how good of a friend you are with the guy who owns the land. You, you snare somebody's dog, you're, you're not trapping there anymore. So I go the safe route. It, if I lose it, you know, coyote or fox gets out of it or chews out of it, whatever, good for them. You know, I just, I, I just run cables to be safe. You know? So what's the difference? What's the difference between a snare and a cable? So a snare will actually kill them. Like it chokes down, you know, to, to actually kill them. So in the morning, you know, your fox or coyote is, is dead, you know, whereas like a cable just, it just holds them. It can only cinch down so far, like it has a stop, so it won't choke them out. And I've heard people say like domestic dogs, they don't, you know, if they get in a snare, they realize they're getting choked out and they'll actually stop. But I just don't want to take the risk. But yeah, that's the difference. That's smart. <laughs> that's really smart. I'm surprised that a lot of states don't shoot for using cables over snares. Yeah, I think, you know, speaking from like a, I don't know, it's, I guess it just depends on the state. I've always said, like, I wish it were just like a federal, if they're going to make a law, like do it across the board for the country, you know, but I think it just depends on, you know, the state laws and the area, you know, I don't know how, why they do what they do per state, mm -hmm. you know, um, but I like, for me, like if I were trapping, you know, I have a spot in Southern Virginia that's a hunt club. It's like 1600 acres. I would have no problem running snares down there because there's probably, you know, if a dog gets out there, it's probably a wild dog or a stray. I, you know, I would feel bad, but it wouldn't be the same as if like, you know, John two doors over his dog gets out and gets into a snare while I'm trapping, you know, the farm across the street or something, you know, it's just different. Right. So, yeah. Now, what, what? When you when you're setting snares, is there like a certain distance that you set it off the ground to stop it from catching other animals, or like is there like, like, like a book regulation as to how you should set a snare? Yeah, so there is. Um, so in Virginia, um, it has to have like a deer stop. So basically, like when it cinches down, so a deer can pull pull away. And then there's um there's like a breakaway device. And I think uh, what's the weight? I want to say. 285 pounds or something but there's like a breakaway where like if a deer or something were to get in it could it could break away and pull free so you have to get virginia legal snares so like a local trapping supply like you can buy just regular snares you can build them yourself you can buy them off like fnt or southern snares if you want and then like tailor them but um the the local guy um blue ridge outdoor he's in elfton and yep. um, you know he sells the virginia snares so i just buy those from him or i'll buy you know cables um but but yeah there's there's that um there's a law about snaring around carcasses so like in virginia you have to be 50 yards off a carcass so if you find a dead deer in the woods that a hunter didn't find you just can't hang, like in alaska they can hang snares all over the place it seems like right up close to it it doesn't matter we have to be 50 yards off of it um and then it kind of depends what you're snaring for the height you know if you want a fox fox you know rule of thumb they say eight inches off the ground an eight inch loop coyote is like 10 inches off the ground and, and, you know, 10 inch loop. So that's, that's kind of the rule of thumb, um, you know, and, and that way if a deer walks by too, like you're, you're it'll just knock it over. It's not going to get caught, you know? Right. right. So I, I typically I'll run like nine inches. I try to split the difference because we have a lot of Fox. And so, you know, I figure if I split the difference, you know, I could get a coyote or a Fox depending. So. so that's awesome. I'm interested to ask, uh, since you've been doing a lot of the land trapping and canine trapping, uh, there, there's kind of a one side or the other here in Virginia, at least where I'm at, about 
the increase in population of canine predators. As a trapper, what are you seeing? You know, is there an increase going on? Are you finding more now than you were two years ago? What, what's your perspective? Yeah, um, the coyote population has definitely increased in the area. Um, just from like local Facebook groups, just like neighborhood groups, you know, somebody will be like, oh my word, I had a coyote in my backyard, you know, and, and you hear of people who, um, you know, they're seeing them more, they're hearing them more. So I definitely think the coyote population has increased. Um, you know, the, the farmer I, I trapped, it was my first year trapping on his farm this year. He lost like three sheep last year to him. Um, and so I pulled two off of there this year. Um, so they're, they're definitely, you know, they're definitely increasing. And I've only been canine trapping two years. So it's hard for me to gauge like right how, how many, because I don't know if it was just like the first year I caught one coyote and that was in, you know, Williamsburg, which is much further South and they have a huge population, you know, and we were trapping like 24 hours a day, like just trying to catch one, you know, cause up here, I didn't feel like there were that many. Now this year I've already caught two. Uh, which isn't a huge number, but for our county, you know, I'll catch 10 fox for every coyote I'll catch, you know, the foxes are out the wazoo, but the coyotes, they're definitely increasing, man, you know, so. So are you running, you're running other traps other than just snares, obviously. Yeah, so um, I run the MB 550s. Um, I love those. And then this year I actually bought the Duke 550s just to run a side-by-side comparison they work great too. I got no complaints. Um, so those are, those are the two I run. I bought the four fifties, um, the MB four fifties. They were a little smaller. They're great for Fox, but at that point you might as well just go with the five fifty in case you catch a coyote. So that's just, are you running them with two coils or four? I run two. Um, just because, I mean, the ground doesn't super freeze here. Now this winter has been cold in Virginia. So I've been kind of struggling with the cold ground. Uh, my buddy runs four coil. And so he's always giving me a hard time about running two coil. But if you, you know, if you use wax dirt or peat moss and bed your trap, you know, if you, if you proof it real well, two coils, fine, man. You know, I, I feel like four coil you need in like Wisconsin and stuff where it's just like up where you, where yeah. it's just like cold all the time and it's just freezing and you need that extra oomph. I mean, Virginia, I mean, what we get down to 20, 25, you yeah, know, it's kind of the norm for, right. For- yeah, we're not getting down to, you know, sub-zero temps here. So I think two coils. So real quick to cut back, just to explain, when you say two coil and four coil, what are you talking about there? Oh, so, you know, just the the, the trap, when you, when you go to set it, you'll see like there's two coils on one side. And if you run four coils, there's two, there'll be two coils on the other side of the trap. And, you know, a four coil, obviously it's a little harder to set, but it has more snap. It has more power because those are the springs that like are shutting the trap, you know? So I, I run the two coil, you know, which is just my opinion. It's, it's fine for Virginia, but that's, that's the difference. Yeah. You don't have that hard freeze in the ground just because we'll have a lot of people that'll listen. Won't quite comprehend that picture of the jaws open. It's under the dirt. If the dirt's frozen, two coils will either close it or not have enough oomph to close it in time. Right. Yeah. Or so sometimes with the, with the thaw and the freeze, what will happen is it'll actually, it'll pop the trap too. So yeah. if you yeah, have to me this morning, yep. <laughs> if you get that thaw and that freeze, then if you run in a two coil, it, it'll actually set it faster and it'll actually pop the trap. Yeah. Um, and 
we deal with a lot here because you have to make a lot of wax dirt. Like if you're not making a lot of wax dirt, you're not you're not going to make it through the season as far as coyote season goes because you're just going to be pissed off. They're going to be either frozen in or they're not going to go off. It's just it's a pain in the ass. It's it is. Yeah. You miss so many dogs because of it, and you can just see it. You know, yeah. that's the frustration of 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 land trapping too. You know. Yeah. All right, so Trev, I'm going to back you up. Explain wax dirt. So it's <laughs> no, this is Peter's job. No, just um, no wax dirt. So you take and you make a mixture of dirt and wax so that it doesn't, it literally doesn't freeze. So what you're doing is you're sifting. So when you make like your, your, your set and you, you make your dude, I'm lost for words because it's been a long time since I've trapped. So when you're making like your bed, your pan yep. bed for your trap or your trap bed, um, you dig it out and then you take and when you cover over the trap and you sift over it, you actually use the wax dirt to cover it over instead of using regular dirt, which if it was to get wet, then it would freeze. Um, the wax dirt doesn't freeze so that the trap can still function properly when there's the thaw and the dethaw. All right. Um, yeah. Just wanted to clarify that for our yeah. <laughs> Marines that may be listening. Bro, you fucking, I mean, like the testing in my head, like I don't remember half this stuff. So you <laughs> that was, kill that was me. spot on, man. That was spot <laughs> on. I trapped for quite some time. I just kind of gave it up because it's just too much. And then the hobby end of it, you know, I just have too many yeah. damn, damn hobbies, you know? So it's like that's, one of those things. That's my problem. And, you know, this year, like we have, you know, in Loudon, we have early firearm season. It, the whole month of September, you can shoot does, firearms. So I just went out and blasted a bunch of does and filled the freezer and just basically sat around and waited for trapping season to come in. Like I just couldn't wait, you know, I just, it's just the one it's just taken over, man. It's terrible. But yeah, I, I hear you on the hobbies between hunting, fishing, trapping, everything else. It's just, dude, it's, it's a lot, man. It keeps you, I mean, like everyone's like, Trev, I don't understand why you don't dog trap anymore. Like it's so much fun and da da da. You're good at it. And I'm like, bro. I don't have fucking time to be doing right. that. It's sea duck season right now. Like I don't yeah. want to be <laughs> checking traps 24 hours a day. Like I can't do that, but yeah. it's, it is fun, man. It's a lot of work. And like, I say it like you want to be a true sportsman, try and get a, a dog to step in a one by one square that yes. that just divides the men from the boys right yep. then and there. Like I getting agree. stumping <laughs> that dog and like snapping that trap in that dog's face, dude, and then trying to get him to get in another trap or, you know, like talk about you want to talk about the smartest land animal ever right. is a coyote that's had a snap trap in its face. Yeah, you're not going to kill that dog. I mean, it's right. almost impossible. See, and I'm, I'm with you there and I I. I will stand off and proudly say I don't even bother. One, I don't have the time to manage traps because if you've never ran traps, you don't understand how time-consuming it is. Yep. And two, I'll call for them and I'll blast them at as far as I can see them and be happy with that because mainly I don't have the time. Yeah. No, it's it's. I didn't realize how time-consuming it was till I started doing it, you know, and – that's the thing. Like I tell a lot of my buddies who predator hunt and I got nothing against predator hunting. I like it too, but you know, you yeah, can, we pick. can tell, we can see your background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can pick the crystal clear night. It's 30 degrees. You go out, you know, no wind, slight wind, go call some dogs, you know, bring them in, shoot them. But trapping, man, you got to check those traps every day. It doesn't matter if it's raining or sleeting or snowing. I mean, you're out there, you know, you got to yeah. run the line and it's just, so. My, my wife is the most patient woman on the planet. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's, 
you know, and, and, and dude, just running the line, that's the easy part, man. Like, you know, you run the line before work. And then if you catch stuff after work, you know, you're spending time with the family, you're doing errands, you're doing whatever. And then you're out in the first shed at nine, 10 o'clock at night, skinning, fleshing, putting them on the board, stretching them out. I mean, it's, it's a ton of work. And I always laugh when people say, oh, trappers are lazy. They go put a trap in the woods and wait for the animal to, no. to come and step no, on no, it. No, I just no. laugh. And I've thrown it out there to everybody. Like whenever somebody says that to me, I'm like, please come run my line with me one week and you will never call me lazy again. Yep. Nope. So give me a, just a real quick rundown that covered a lot of it, but say it's a very good day and you've got multiple traps went off. What would that be like, you know, from, from sunrise till bed? Yeah. So, um, you know, man, it's like, where do you start? Like basically, you know, you, you, you're running your line. So like you got, you got to, you know, you got to take care of, you know, everything around the house first, right. Cause you're going to be gone for the next hour or two, depending on how many you have out. And I'm blessed to trap very close to my house. So the two farms I've been trapping, I can just hop in my side by side and go across the street. I mean, it's awesome, but Otherwise, you know, you're driving, say, you know, some guys drive an hour out to their spot, but, you know, you get out, you're running the line, you know, if traps have popped, deer have set them off, you got to rebed everything. You know, if you catch animals, you know, like, um, you know, a, a couple of days this year, I've caught three or four animals, you know, on the same day. Um, so, you know, you got to dispatch those animals, you got to reset the trap, do everything. Then you got to, you know, bring everything back, put it all in the fur shed, then you, you know, work, do whatever you got to do with the family. And then, you know, then you're back out in the first shed again at night, you know, you have to, you know, you know, we say tube skin the animal, basically, you know, you skin it out, um, you know, and then right now what I'm doing is I just, I bag them and put them in a freezer. And then when trapping season's over, that's when I'll, you know, I'll, I'll flesh them out, get all the fat off of them and you put them on the board to stretch or to send to the fur buyer or the tanner if you want. But, you know, I was running two farms over Christmas break just because my in-laws were here and I had free babysitting <laughs> and it was awesome. But man, I would leave at seven 30 and I would get back at nine 30, 10 o'clock. You know, I mean, you're talking two, two and a half hours. I was running like 30, 40 traps, you know? And then, you know, like I said, once you, once you catch them, you know, depending on how quick you are at skinning and how many animals you got, you know, it could be another hour hour or two back out in the first shed and that's just skinning them out bagging them up and putting them in a freezer if you were to skin them and then flesh them and board them that night i mean even one animal like if you can skin a fox in like five or ten minutes fleshing is probably like another 10 15 20 minutes and then boarding it i mean you're looking at another 20 30 minutes per animal if you're you know you're super quick you know so it's you know you catch three or four animals you're at two hours you know it's just crazy oh definitely it's, it's so, it never ends no, never. Are you using a straight up old fashioned fleshing knife or yeah. have you invested in the nice tannery style fleshing wheel that you just roll it over? No, I, I have a fleshing knife um, and uh, the fleshing beam and everything. And so that's, that's how I did it. Um, you know, last year was my first year, um, you know, fleshing everything and boarding it myself, but it was, man, it was a ton of work, but it was awesome. So oh, yeah. yeah, scraping all that fat off, man. It's, it's not easy. I think that's like the heritage of it though, man. Like just, just getting down on the flesh and beam and just doing it, like just bringing it back. Like the first shed, man, like you say that, like that just brings so many good memories back. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's Nothing one like thing. Beam. I, I love 
fleshing small game after doing a couple of deer, you know, 15 or 20, and I've got two in the freezer and then attempting to do a bear. <laughs> I thoroughly appreciate small game. <laughs> not when you're running a trap trap line to 250. Then right. Then, right. So then you're not it balances out it at all. No, 15 not, minutes. I want to see one. If you're quick, if you're fast and it's 15 to 20 minutes per, that's still 200 hours. Yeah. yeah. Versus, you know, say three deer. Okay. There's six or seven hours. Right. So getting it, getting like, once you get the, the land animals is fleshing is one thing. Then you get into the water animals and fleshing. <laughs> I've heard they're terrible. Different. I've heard they're terrible. My buddy, <laughs> he trapped two beavers and um, I skinned them out for him because I'd never skinned out a beaver before. I was like, I want to try this. And they're in my freezer. Like I've heard them and otters. I've heard otters are terrible. And uh, I'm actually trying to trap an otter right now. And I, uh, he's, he's being a jerk, but um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. I've heard they're, I've heard they're rough, man. It's just got a lot of fat on them. They're just, yeah. it, they take a little bit more time. Um, They're a little bit more time consuming, but it makes you really want to put a fine edge on that knife even though you know you yeah. shouldn't right right yeah because you just get sick of sliding up over it yep. it's just a, it's just a push motion you know? yeah, it's, just... Just... it's crazy so as far as um water trapping like what 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 kind of things you run minks and stuff like that or muskrats yeah, so or... i like i said i dabbled in it this year just because it was the first year i actually had water to trap the, this farm had a creek so there was beavers built a dam and i was trying to i was trying to trap them man but they would like build the dam and like disappear like i don't know where they went so i would have traps out and they just and then like it would rain and it wash the dam you know down they you know then they might come back and repair it but yeah there's beaver and otter in there i know i found an otter toilet um otters poop in the same spot every time so like I found an otter toilet. I haven't seen them. I've seen their tracks, you know, so beaver otter. And then yeah, mink. Um, uh, I saw a bunch of mink tracks and I had a bunch of sets out uh, for that, but I just, dude, I've been striking out. I'm a terrible, it's my first year though. So that's kind of the way it goes. It is, but um, you know, part of the problem was I did not realize how high that Creek could get and would flood. And dude, the first time I put my traps out and we got rain, they all washed downstream. I had to go get like, dude, 330s. I had, I mean, oh my word. They were all, I found a bunch of them, thank God, because I had actually put some of them on chain and like wrapped it around a tree or on a drag. But yeah, it just, they all washed downstream. And then I was just pissed off and I was like, I'm not. I'm not messing with this anymore. I'm going to stick to coyotes. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of one of the troubles with water trapping is that like, you got to always pay attention to the weather and what goes on and know the, know the stream and stuff and just wire them in. And sometimes you go out there and you just snap them off and then you got to go back and reset everything to get them back out there. I mean, it's water trapping is like its own thing. It's like a little maze. Like you have to try and figure out where that animal is going to swim through. So you like, kind of like, I mean, you know, like when you're trying to catch an otter, what do you do? You kind of block off the area so that they have to push themselves through one area. It's, is there any laws against trapping beavers near a hut down there? No, and not in Virginia. No, it's like the wild west for that. And actually (laughs) my County, you can trap beaver year round. Uh, So it's, it's like a nuisance species down here, but I've never had a Trev. 
<laughs> say what? Yeah, there you go, man. Come on down. That's just another reason, you know. Um, we have a spring season here too. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. But um, no, we don't have any of those, you know, any of those rules, you know, it's, they're considered a nuisance species. Like in my county, we can trap beaver, possum, coon, coyote, and I think skunk maybe. I'd have to look at that one. But year round, we can trap quite a few critters. Wow. And that's just on the regular trapping license because they're building houses all over the place, man. And the critters don't have anywhere to go, sadly. So I think that's part of the reason, you know. So like with with the water trapping, have you set any type of like crazy sets for beavers, like a caster set or something like that? Yep. I did a caster set. I did a caster mound set. I did a dam break set, um, like where I physically went in and busted the dam out. It never came and fixed it. Um, you know, I did the caster mound set. It never came and checked that out. I actually caught a fox. Um, I, I had like a, a foothold like on the bank too, because I was like, maybe if they come out, you know, I'll catch them there. Wound up catching a fox. Um, and dude, the otter toilet right now is like, it's like a, it's booby trapped. I have two 330s in the water. I have two 220s on land. And then I have like a, a, a foothold. So 330 and 220, uh, for the non-trappers, I guess they're conibears and their body grips. So there's like a trigger style like this, and it's basically a giant rat trap. And when they swim through or they push their head through, the, the trigger sets it off and it just, it kills them instantly. It's a very humane trap. Um, but yeah, so the 330s, we can't use them on land here. We can only, they have to be in the water, but we can use 220s on land as long as they're not baited. So I have those like on a blind set going to the toilet, but he, I saw his tracks. He literally swam up to the 330 and got on a rock and went around it. It was so. I, I'm curious. I got to ask: Have you thought about putting a trail cam and putting it on video over the set? So I have, and my buddy is always on to me about that. He's like, "Man, you got like 10 trail cams sitting in your in your you know basket there. Why don't you put them out there?" And I don't know. I'm I'm kind of I would like to do it, um, but there's something fun about trying to outsmart the animal without the camera and so that's kind of I'm kind of a hard head and I'm like not that trail cameras are cheating I know people who use them and I think it's super smart because you can learn more about the animal approaching your set and what to do but I, I don't know I'm just stubborn and I'm like no dude I'm gonna catch this without a camera you know so that's I just get that. but I, 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 I should put them on there because I would probably learn more in a 30 second video clip watching them approach my set than I would in most kind of catch. I just think it would be funny watching it the otter come out and walk around your trap yeah. and no <laughs> close just to go, he got me again. Yeah. <laughs> I um I don't know if I could deal with the frustration honestly because <laughs> I started running cell cams this this year for deer. Yep. And I pulled them out of the woods because I just got so mad. Like I hunted this one stand three days in a row, solid. The morning I didn't go, he walked he by up. and there's the picture. And I'm sitting here eating breakfast when I should have been out there. And I was just like livid. And I was like, I can't do this. Like it's, mm -hmm. it just messes with my head too much. So I know if I had the same thing out there, even if it were a non-cell cam, if I was running it and I pulled the card and I saw him go around the set, I, I would just be too frustrated. Yeah. No, I know the feeling. I went all year this is the first deer season I've hunted without using trail cams. And it by far was my lowest production year as far as deer hunting. Yep. So, I mean, it's, 
it is way harder not having that intelligence. Yep, I agree. So I, I completely understand what you were going for. It's that outsmart outwit, you yep. know, can I beat it at its own game on the same terms? Right. Yep, exactly. So that's, I, I definitely will run cams, you know, sooner or later, but yeah, right now it's, it's all part of the game. <laughs> yeah, no, I respect that. I think that's a blast. It's fun. Yeah. I, I will say this though. I mean, water animals, they don't, they don't play by the rules. So no. you shouldn't play by rules neither. No, yeah, that's, that's true. I, dude, I don't know any animal that plays by the rules though. I feel like they're, they, <laughs> they're just the Kings of their environment, man. And they'll do whatever they got to, to survive. You know, it's, I think that's what makes it so fun though. You know, oh, have yeah. you tried to like neck down a stream to try and get them to go through it? Like the otters. I know it's like one of my, one of my, so if like it has like two little offshoots or whatever, put it like a 220 inside of it. Cause if they're going to go through there, the other thing, I don't know, just, I'm just throwing it out there. Not only for you, but for like everybody else too, to yeah, like think yeah. about some of these things, like where uh, a waterfall comes down and they have to have their head naturally go under. So you, you would take a stick and put it across the stream. So when they come down, their head is underneath and then you have the 220 right underneath it. So when they dive in, their heads right in it guaranteed and they're moving in that fast water because what does an otter do it just goes down the stream and just keeps going so um yeah man i've i've blocked them off i was in like chest waders like cutting like branches and like pounding them into the creek bank to like narrow it down and putting it i did the dive stick so when i broke the dam i set that you know the 330 in the break and like put sticks across it he never went for it i don't know what the deal is i I, I tried all of that, man, like tried blocking them down. And then the creek, the thing is that creek would flood all my blocking. Like my, my trap was still there. I was using those stands, you know, and it would sit there, but dude, all the blocking was gone next County, you know? So it was just like, awesome. Like now I got to get in there, block this stupid thing out all over again. Like that's when I started, like I was literally land trapping for otters. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, fine. Like maybe I'll catch you going, you know, going to the toilet, like up on land. Like I've seen guys catch them in footholds, you know? So I was putting like fish in a dirt hole, almost like you would for a coyote, just setting a foothold, trying to catch them and doing the- Do you run them on drown sets? I've seen those. I I don't, I'm not set up for that. So one of, a guy I know here um, in in Virginia, he's good with otter and beaver and he runs drowning rigs. He was actually going to come out and, uh, and, and help me uh, one weekend, but we just never connected. But um, I, I've seen those. I just don't have them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I know they work great. Um, I just, I've just never done one. So it's, it's one of those things too, like with the otters, like I hate to catch one in a, in a foothold trap because I just know how furious those things are. <laughs> like they're like yep. the most dangerous animals on land. Like yep. I've had gone and had a um stuck one in a 220 and it didn't die and the thing was flaring around and i was petrified those are the most yeah. dangerous animals <laughs> i would fight a lion before i fought an otter that yeah. was stuck in a trap to be honest i i have heard that um and that's the one thing that kind of scares me about them and i was just like well if i catch one in the trap i was like i will bring a rifle like a 22 rifle and just shoot it from like as far away as ethically possible because I don't want to get near it, man. I've heard they're they don't call them water dogs for nothing. I mean they're right. they're, they're nuts, man. So they're fucking mean as yeah. mean as, as can be. They are. 
So what's some of the other trapping that you do kind of some of the other traps that you use like on land? I know you use dog proofs and so on and so forth. Yep. Yeah. I love, I love the dog proofs, man. I mean, that's how I got started. Um, you know, I tell everybody, if you want to get into trapping, that's the easiest way. Go get a half a dozen dog proofs, you know, get some cable, you know, you can tie it off to a tree. You know, you, you, you can buy like, you know, baits from people or you can just buy like cheap cat food. Like we have a cat, so I always have cat food. Dump some cat food in there. I buy fish oil. You can buy it anywhere. I mean, this is stuff you, you don't even have to go to a trapping store for this. You know, like you could go to Rural King in Front Royal and pick up some dog proofs, you know, and, and head out and have your own line. And, you know, cat food and fish oil, man, you'll catch every skunk, possum and coon within, you know, five square miles. You know, it's that's an awesome way to get into it. So, yeah, the dog proofs, you know, the 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 leg holds, you know obviously for canine and then yeah the cona bears i mean those are the three the three main ones that i use i i did try to use a trap called a collarum um and it's basically a trap i was using it because it was it was in a neighborhood man and i was just like i can't be running you know leg holds in, in a but it's um it's this dude you need a degree in engineering to put this thing together when it comes out of the box but it's <laughs> it's a giant spring that goes down and there's literally, it's like a cable, but it's like a collar that sits down in the dirt. And there's a bite stick on it. And the coyote actually comes up and bites the stick, right? That sets off the trap. And when he bites it, it throws the collar around his neck and cinches down and holds him there. It is the craziest thing like you've ever seen, like YouTube it, collar him. I think it's like the word collar and then U-M. So I tried that trap out for a little bit. I didn't have a lot of success with it, but like I need it to be simple. You know, I, I know guys who use them with great success and for like in neighborhoods and stuff, they're perfect because it literally just throws a collar around the animal, but that's a really cool trap. And, and I, I tried it just, I was terrible at it basically. So That's a tough, <laughs> that's, that's really like throwing a curveball in the mix, like super them, trying to get them to bite a stick. Yep. Yeah, they, it was like a T-handle, like shaped like this, and it was a tube that came out from the trap, and you stuffed bait inside of it, and it would make them want to like reach down and bite it, and when they bit it and pulled, you know, that would snap the trap, and, and it, would, it would snap the collar around their neck, and it would just hold them like a, like a cable restraint, basically. Wow. So that's, that, that's a crazy trap that I tried to use, but yeah, man, other than that, you know, you got your typical cage traps. One of my goals is to get a bobcat in a cage trap this year because bobcats, <laughs> they go into cage traps real easy, apparently. Um, and um, actually, uh, one of my buddies hit me up. There was a place I caught two cats at last year, and um, that it just opened up. So we're going to try to hit it the last week of January. That's when we caught those two in there. And I want to get one in a cage, man. I really do. Can I throw some tips out there if you haven't yeah, done it? Yeah, please so do. When cage trapping with cats, cats are very, they're very weird. Like foxes are in cages where the, the, the bottom of the cage has to be completely covered okay, with leaves yeah. or like pine boughs or something. They have to be able to step on something. If they're stepping on wire, they won't go inside of the cage. Right. The other thing with cats is the cage has to be completely enclosed where it's completely covered so that they can't, like they have to go in a hole you can't see the back if they see the back they won't but they can't see through it you have to make it so it's completely dark to get inside of it right. um 
cats are fucking crazy and you have to make it so that they can't come from the back end of it neither. So we would put like a log jam across the back of it or something. You're I'm telling you, man, when you start and we have to do a lot of cage trapping here, we can't run, we can't run condor bears on land. We can't run. We can only land trap for coyotes. That's it. So we can only run like MB five fifties on the ground. Everything else has to be in water. So if we're going to land trap uh, other, you know, like, for coons and stuff like small dukes and stuff like that, we can run on land. Right. Um, but cage trapping is we have fisher cats here and we have bobcats. You can't uh-huh. kill bobcats um, yet, but we just had a fisher <laughs> and fisher season. We have to catch them in a, a cage, but um, you have to like fucking stake down the cage, like take rebarb and put it because they'll try and roll the cage to try and get it. And then they pop the pan and then it, then the door will end up dropping uh, one of the other things I learned too with cage trapping is uh, taking the meat and wiring it to the back of the cage so that they literally, if they do rock it, they can't roll underneath the pan because a lot of the times the animal will get in there, rock it, and then the bait will come underneath the pan and then they never close it and they can just back right out of it. But wow. Cats are crazy, man. But they- when you get one in the cage, hold on. Yeah, I, I can't wait, man. I've been trying. Like, I, I did exactly what you said. So, like, I dirt the floor. I, I completely brushed it in. And then here we can actually use, like, feathers. So, yep. like, I got, like, a long stick, you know, um, you know, line, have the feather hanging around it. I Dude, I, I did. I wired it to the back. And I just don't think we have a huge population here. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's like, it's hit or miss. Like the, the spot I caught those two at, I didn't even know they were in there and I wound up catching two. And like the one farm I was running, it was like, it was like two or 300 acres. I was there for a month and I never caught one, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> yep. you would have thought with all the coyote sets I had out, I would have snagged at least one cat, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's weird. It's like, they're, they're here, they're not, but um, yeah, man, I, I'm going to try at that, at that spot and um, I'll, I'll, I'll keep you posted. I bought some cages specifically for cats, like the tall, narrow ones, yep. you know, um, with the guillotine style door. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I would love to get one in there, man, but yeah, it should be cool. We'll see. We'll see if I can pull it off. Another oh, yeah. thing to add to it, man, is put a CD with the feathers. I've, I've seen heard about guys that. do that. Does that really work? Mm-hmm. Really? They're, okay. They're very curious animals, man. When they yeah. see shiny shit, man, they're like eighty a kid with ADHD. They gotta be there and they gotta check it out. Um, I need to go find a bunch of old CDs I have laying around here because I was wondering maybe the feather just isn't, you know, like I was using goose goose feathers. You know, they're kind of dark, so maybe they just weren't seeing them or it wasn't as, you know, attractive. So. so- some I mean I don't know if it means anything. Sometimes I'll use a pheasant wing. I'll take the whole wing. And I'll tie it on there, and then I'll tie a CD next to it. But that wing, and then I'll take pheasant feathers and stuff and put it inside the trap or chicken or whatever. Um, But, I mean, we're not allowed to catch them here. We're not allowed to kill them here. Um, We were doing a study with the Department of Environmental Protection and was able to trap them. Um, That's cool. So we got to mess around with them. But when you get those things in a tomcat in a trap, (laughs) hold on. It's yeah, I um cool. when I caught the first one, so I had caught barn cats at that property, just like feral cats, man. I was like, oh, another one. And I was rolling up on my ATV. When I realized what I had, I about wrecked my ATV. I was so excited. I was like, oh my <laughs> word. And I was videotaping because I was like, oh, we have another. And then I just when I realized it was a bobcat, 
I just sounded like I like I had a stroke, man. I just kept saying it's a bobcat. It's a bob. I said it like 50 times on video because I was so excited. Like I didn't know what else to say. But um, you know the Sounds best familiar. Way- <laughs> it's a giant. It's a giant. It's I a giant. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, you get pumped with that adrenaline, but oh yeah, um, yeah. I just used the catch pole. I I, I didn't even shoot them, you know, because you can you can choke cats real easy because they're arteries are on the outside of their neck like they're dead in like two three seconds man it's crazy like just put well the yeah and, and you close it on them and the way they flip-flop they tend to break their own neck yeah so that was one of my forewarnings for a lot of the locals here that if they do catch one in a foothold do not put a catch pole on them don't even bother because you will kill them yeah 99 of the yep. time you would kill yep. them with a catch pole they will yep. flip flop and choke and asphyxiate instantly. Mm-hmm. The best thing I've seen people do, well, I've seen two methods. Like some people get like a big piece of plywood with handles and a V cut out at the bottom of it. Yes. And then they approach it, they put the V over the paw. So they're on the other side, release it and then let it go. And then some guys take just like a, like a Rubbermaid tub, you know, and they'll cut a notch and they'll put it over the cat. So the cat's inside, but the paw is outside of the tub and they That's just sit on the tub. And then they release it and then they just pull the tub off and let the cat go. So I thought that was pretty smart. If you, you know, if you were coyote trapping and, you know, we actually have a season here for cats. So like you could coyote trap year round though. So if you caught one, you wouldn't want to use a catch pole. Cause like you said, you kill it. So the, the tub method, you know, or the, the piece of wood works really well, I think. And, and it's less stress on the animal too, you know. One of the things I found with cats too is, felines and themselves when you do let them out of a trap like a cage say you roll a cage right and they they run out of it 95 percent of the time the stupid thing goes out about faces turns swells up every single time (laughs) and i'll tell you you want to talk about hair standing up on the back of your neck and where does it normally go it runs past you as fast as it possibly can one of the kids i trapped with he had one literally, dude, he was kneeling on the ground. He rolled the cage, kneeling on the ground, and the thing about-faced, snarled at him and ran right at him and jumped over him and caught his hand with the claw when he went over the top of him and oh whacked him. Dude. No, you can see. Just a nice little reminder. That was yeah. crazy. Kilroy was here. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've heard, like, don't park. Like, if you're driving, I've heard don't park close to it. Because I've heard of guys like they'll go to the nearest cover. And if your truck or your ATV is the nearest cover, dude, they will run in like under your your truck or your ATV. And like guys have had them get like up inside their truck and they couldn't get them out. Like they got up inside the chassis or whatever and were like hiding up in there. I've heard horror stories of cats doing all kinds of crazy things, getting in like they leave the door open and the cat. I've heard all kinds of crazy stuff. So they were like, if you're going to release one and you drove like your vehicle, park your vehicle 50 to 100 yards away, walk up and release it. Wow. That's just what I've heard, man. I don't know if that's true, but I've, I've seen pictures of like cats under trucks and ATVs and stuff. They seem to run for the nearest cover. And if your truck is it, so be it, man. So like you said, they're just crazy. You just never know what they're going to do, you know. That's one animal I don't really mess with. I'd rather mess with a fisher cat than I would a, a bobcat, to be honest yeah, with you. We can't I'm on trap the them here, man. It's a bummer. We don't have a season. On fishers? Yeah. Yeah, we don't have a season. We can't. If you catch one, you know, you got to let it go. 
Um, I don't know what would happen if you caught one in a blind set, you know, like a 220 on land and you killed it. Like, I guess you'd have to call, you know, Department of Game yeah. and Animal Fishery because well, they're doing a study on them. They and that's the thing is, from, from what I've gathered, it's kind of like the mountain lions that aren't here. You know, hey, caught a fisher cat. And they'll go, okay, where are you? What's the location? Send us a picture. They'll get data and whatnot off of it. And they'll go, oh, no, that's not a fisher cat. That's a squirrel. you know because a lot of the mountain lions up here especially in the blue ridge is people are getting trail cam pictures people are trapping them and game and fish is going oh it's a big bobcat (laughs) we're going you're full of shit a bobcat doesn't have a tail right (laughs) you know but it's one of those things that you would just call dnr or in this case what is it dwr DWR, Department of Wildlife Resources. Resources. Yeah, they changed changed it it this year. It's kind of weird. Yeah. But yeah, you would just call it, report it. And it's one of those things that since they don't exist, they can't regulate it. So Mm. if it dies, it dies. If it doesn't, it doesn't. They can't punish you because they don't say it's here. I know Pennsylvania, they have a, they have a season form up there. Yeah. Um, I'd love to go up there and trap one, man. That's a bucket list animal for me. I think they're super cool. Trevor, maybe I'll come visit you, man. Come on up, man. We'll run the trap line. I got plenty of property to do it on. I, Dude, that yeah. would be awesome. I would totally be down for that. I would come for a week, man, just hit it hard. And I, I would love to catch a fisher. We yeah. And the thing too, I got a couple of public lands. You could buy a bid here for a hundred bucks and you get like five different parcels of public land to do it on. And nobody traps public land here. Wow. So it's not, you can water trap there and you can cage trap. Um, you just can't land coyote trap, but I'll tell you catching fishers is fucking easy. Really? It's simple, 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 simple. Um, you run a cage trap. Their favorite thing is skunk. I don't know why beavers and skunk, right? So <laughs> fucking like crazy, other right? guy. that's crazy. <laughs> so what we do is we run a cage, same thing, cover the bottom, completely burrow the whole thing. Can't see through the back, Put we use beaver legs. We put beaver legs in the back of the trap. We have a uh, fisher call, which is uh, literally skunk shit. Uh, it smells yeah. like straight skunk. Um, yeah. And that's your bait. You put some call out. Uh, out on the outside, call it done, man. Any type of cedar, cedar swamp, um, pine areas, they load right up in them, and you'll no catch them. No way. Yeah, yep. man, let's do it when season rolls around next year. Yeah, I think it's like December time, dude. I'm all come on up, man. I'd love to run a trap line, man. I miss it. I honestly do. And even talking with you, man, it's got me kind of jacked up. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go fucking die some traps. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking about running to rural king in the morning and picking some stuff up and do it. I've got all sorts of shit running around the farm out here that it's like, you know what? I should, and they're killing the chickens, but I just haven't done it. So yeah. now I'm you got me kind of jacked up about it. Yeah. I think it's cool, man. And and so where can everyone kind of find you to kind of follow along? Because you kind of keep up with everything. I know, like, on your stories and everything. And it's really cool to follow, man. It's definitely got me all jacked up. I appreciate it. Yeah, so Instagram, man, um, it's uh, it's Hunt Country Wildlife. So I think it's Hunt underscore Country underscore Wildlife underscore is the thing. And then I have a Facebook page, too. Um, but, yeah, I mostly roll with Instagram just because I, I like doing the stories and 
I think, you know, talking out loud on the stories helps me think better. So, you know, <laughs> I post a lot of stuff, you know, if you're bored, just hit, the, you know, just swipe left and skip it. But, um, you know, yeah, that's where you can find me, man. And um, I'm, I'm trying to work on a YouTube channel. I've had a lot of people, you know, tell me like, man, you should start a YouTube channel. So I do have a YouTube channel um, and I'm hoping I probably won't do it this season just because like, I mean, it's already middle of January, man. But, um, you know, I, I was hoping next season to, um, you know, film a little bit more and just do some like how to's and like capsule videos and stuff on YouTube. So, um, yeah, if you, if you want, you can hit subscribe on YouTube, but there's no videos there to subscribe to. <laughs> well, come. I'll tell you what, if you get bored, since you're right down the road from me and you want to play around with some video stuff and whatnot, give me a shout, brother. I'll run up and uh, gladly help you do some production work and that'd be awesome i appreciate that i, I will definitely take you up on that because um i bought i bought the camera i bought the gear i have everything i need um i just i honestly the hardest thing is like like you having somebody film you you know yep. it's very tough to self film um so yeah, you know, gopro footage only goes so far <laughs> right right yeah exactly so like having the cell phone or even a gopro like you know that's one thing, but like I have a, a real nice, you know, Canon, you know, Mark three. I mean, it's like professional, but I just, yep. I just don't have, you know, I don't have anybody to hold it, you know, for me while I'm doing it, you know, and you're, you're in the dirt and the water and the skunk stink and the animals. And like, you just don't want that all over like this camera, you know? So it's like, I just run with the cell phone and it's all good. Yeah. Let me know, dude. I'd be happy to set that up. It would, it'd be a fun collaboration. Awesome, man. Yeah, let's do it. All right, brother. So one of the questions we do have for you, and you're a listener, you know, uh, what drives you outdoors, man? Man, you know, what What drives me outdoors is just, um, you know, nature and just being out, interacting with the animals um, and the peace and quiet. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm in tech sales, so I'm in front of a screen. I'm on these Zoom calls all day long, you know, and I'm just sitting there talking with people and the hours just seem to drag. And, you know, I could be on a, an hour work call. It'll feel like five hours, you know, one hour on the trap line feels like five minutes, man, you know, and I just love being out, you know, being outdoors, enjoying, you know, God's creation, everything that's out there, trying to catch critters, you know, trapping. I think, you know, what really drives me with trapping is it's a very, um, you know, you can bring friends and family, you know, like, like, it's kind of like bird hunting, you know, you're, you're in the blind with everybody and you're cutting up and you're talking, you know, deer hunting, you know, it's a very like solo pursuit almost. Maybe you have a cameraman, but other than that, it's like, you know, sit in the stand, you know, be quiet, soul crushing, you know, you're waiting for that deer trapping, you know, I can throw my 15 month old daughter and my wife into the side by side and drive around the line and, and catch critters and set traps. And you don't have to worry about being quiet and you can spend that quality time with your family while you're running the line. So, you know, I think that's just what drives me, you know, just being outside and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a blast, man. I, I wouldn't have it any other way, you know? Hell yeah. That's awesome. Well, Peter, we can't thank you enough for joining us, man. This has been a blast, and I know it's got me kind of jacked up and wanted to do some new things to carry me over till turkey season. So yeah, man. We'll, we'll, turkeys. <laughs> we'll get together and get some things rolling there. And uh, for everyone out there listening, can't thank you guys enough. It's been a great year up till now, and next year is going to be incredible. And thanks for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive. Mm -hmm.